friends, it's Trevor, it's Avery, and no one else. It's the Citywide Special. The Flyers suffer a hard-fought loss to the defending champion Golden Knights Tuesday night. Currently sitting at third in the Metropolitan Division, the Orange and Black return home to take on the Minnesota Wild on Thursday. The Eagles deliver an impressive win against the Miami Dolphins in Week 7. Sean Desai turns in a masterclass performance, holding the Miami offense to only 10 points. A.J. Brown continues his dominant season on offense, collecting over 100 yards yet again. Howie Roseman makes another big move ahead of the trade deadline, acquiring Pro Bowl safety Kevin Byard from the Tennessee Titans. The Birds head to Washington to take on the Commanders on Sunday. The Sixers begin their season Thursday night against the Bucks. James Harden has reportedly returned to practice, but may not be playing with the team anytime soon. The Phillies. Never heard of them. I don't know what that is. I've never seen a baseball in my life. All that and more coming up right now. How's it going, Avery? Uh, not too bad. You know, this is kind of weird. Our first two-man pod. Pat, we hope you are out in Hawaii enjoying the islands, enjoying the beautiful weather, enjoying the good food. Yeah. Uh, felt like it would have been too much of a chore to ask anyone else to join us to be sad and miserable about the Phillies not advancing to the World Series as we so optimistically and overconfidently predicted last week. But here we are, the two of us just sitting here, hanging out, trying to get back to uh, life post-Red October. Um, I will say that I was feeling actually not too bad today. Like, obviously, a little down about the Phillies losing, very down about the Phillies losing. Just We've not- had a lot of practice, you know. It's a... Uh... It's just another, it's, another it's just one another, of those. Just another day, you know. Yeah, just another one of those heart wrenching losses. Been like, you know, in the span of a year, we've had the World Series loss, Super Bowl loss, NLCS loss, and, and then uh, I guess you throw the six. Yeah, the, yeah, the getting, Sixers getting blowing a three to seven. two lead. Yeah, blowing uh, two games in a row against the Celtics. So you know, just par for the course at this point. Yeah, I was talking with someone a couple of weeks ago, just saying like, yeah, you know what. I like that the city of Philadelphia is generally pretty good at sports and sometimes wins. It helps build character. Could you imagine if you won all the time? Like, I don't think I would like that. But obviously, the alternative where you make it far and lose in heartbreaking fashion sucks just as much as just not making it at all. Yeah. but Yeah, it's pretty rough. Yeah, I will say that I was feeling pretty good. Made myself a nice dinner. Sat down, watched the, some NBA basketball, first basketball game I'm watching all season. And who do I get to hear on the TV? Doc Rivers. And just immediately disgusted me again. Just cannot get away from this guy. Yeah. I like I like him, uh, his first game, getting to sit there and talk about how great uh, Jason Tatum is. It's like, yeah, this guy knows all about that, doesn't he? Yeah, Doc's probably yeah. like, yeah, I saw those moves in Game 7. He tore us up, and here we are again. It's yeah. like it's come he's, full he's circle. Just, he's just on there like, this guy is actually impossible to stop. Like, no, the best coach in the world <laughs> could not stop this man. I'm convinced. Yeah, I'm so over his ass. And fortunately, he's on ESPN, so we'll get to hear him a lot this year. Yeah, him and, and with uh, him and Doris and whoever else they got. Yeah, I do like Mike Breen, but yeah. Yeah, I, I'd say like, yeah, the ESPN broadcasts are generally not too bad. I don't really, I guess some people just like hate all the national broadcasts just unconditionally, but I don't know. I think it's fine. Yeah, I would say I respect Mike Breen. Kevin Harlan, he's a TNT guy, I like a lot. Like, yeah. And then the NBA on TNT with like Shaq and like Charles Barkley. Yeah. Like, I'm excited did, to watch that. Did you see last night Charles asking uh, Adam Silver about, like, the domestic violence in the league? I kind of saw that. Well, it, it definitely, like, caught Adam Silver off guard because he just was, like, just said a bunch of bullshit. Just, like, uh, yeah, you know, we're, like, training our, our players to make sure that they, uh, you know, have all the help that they need. So that, you know, training like, so our that players they don't... to not beat <laughs> women. Yeah, exactly. Like, <laughs> what? Yeah, it was a very uh a, a very uh political answer, but that like that you know that he did wasn't even prepared for. So it was just uh yeah, it was a mess, but it was because they were like apparently they were like about to cut to a commercial and, and uh, <laughs> Chuck was just like before we go to the commercial, I have something and he just drops that on him and it's just like <laughs> damn. That rules. Yeah, yeah, Barkley's the man. Yeah, yeah, I'm excited to watch those guys again. But uh yeah, oh, I do have something to report. I don't know if you you held your did your civic duties and tried to wipe. I with forgot your left to do hand. this. 
I kept, yeah, oh, wasn't thinking on, about man. it. So I did try it. Um, and true to Jordan Mylata's phrase that it, it's not pretty, but it gets the job done. It's very awkward. But yeah, I, I mean, think. it did get the job done. Like, <laughs> I checked the toilet paper to make sure I got something on it, and I did. So will I ever do it again? Probably not, unless I break my right hand. But yeah, it's in a really possible. desperate situation. Yeah. Yeah, if I, let's say it just, I just cut my right hand off for whatever reason, yeah, then I have to do it. I've I've never had to like uh, uh, had somewhere where I had to wipe with my left hand, but I have had I did I did have one very very desperate uh, wiping situation once a few years ago. It's when we were I probably told you this at some point, but it's when we were like coming back from caravan one year, which for the people who don't know, there was like a little like uh, music festival. Some of our friends would put on up in Maine every summer. Um, for like a lot of like local Philly bands and stuff like that, but we're coming back and we're at a uh, stop at a gas station to get gas, and I was like, I gotta, I gotta shit. Like I don't, I didn't want to have to do this like on the way home, but it's like nine hours. Like I, I gotta, I just gotta do this. So I'm using like the bathroom and like it was at least, they at least had like one of those little convenience stores attached. It wasn't like a you know, like a gas station bathroom, okay. gas station yeah. bathroom, but like I get in there. And I'm in there, and then I realized that there's, like, no toilet paper in there. And I was already, like, Ew. you know, and I was, like, shit. And then I'm thinking, like, well, I'm, I'll am i just, like, call somebody that I'm with and tell them what's up, and they can go get me some toilet paper. But then I realized that I left my phone in the fucking car. Oh, damn. <laughs> I was, like, oh, no. So what I, ended, what I ended up doing is, like, there was a trash can in arm's reach. So I just had to dive Ew. through there. And I had to just, like, wipe my ass with, like, Ew. receipts and, like, fucking <laughs> magazines and shit. I was like, what, I, there's, what else? The only other option I had is, is if I would have just started, like, screaming like a fucking <laughs> insane person. Just like, help me! Was anyone else in the bathroom? Help me! No, or... it was just, like, a single stall kind oh. of thing. I wasn't, yeah, I was I was alone and afraid. Yeah, that's tragic. I will I will say that that sounds far worse than having to wipe with your left yeah, hand. Yeah, I would much rather have to wipe my left hand than, you know... I feel like I should have went out and got like a tetanus shot after that or something. <laughs> like God knows what kind of organisms could have <laughs> could have been getting up there. Well, hey man, luckily you didn't get sick and you lived to tell the tale. Yeah, I guess. Speaking of telling tales, we should probably start with someone. Do we want to get the absolute worst out of the way? Yeah, I guess we should. Might as well just talk about the the no good, very bad Phillies. Yeah, I mean, as I said. Last week's episode, we were all extremely confident the Phillies at the time were up 2-0, correct? Up yeah. 2-0, having beaten their two big pitchers, you knew they were going to have a really big drop-off in pitching quality after that. So it's like, on one hand, it's like, yeah, maybe we and other fans were a little too cocky, but it was like, I feel like we had actual like reasons to be, like just by the numbers, I mean... Obviously, the Phillies were going to be, you know, the favorites in each one of those games for a good reason. So, like, I don't, I don't think it was that outlandish to think that they were just going to, uh, you know, I thought at the very least they would seal it up in five. But no. Yeah, I think game two they won. What was that? The one they won? Like, that was when they had like an onslaught. It was yeah, like they 10, scored 10 runs. Two or something like that. Yeah. Yeah. So it was hard not to feel good after that. But. In true Phillies fashion, after they scored 10 runs, they kind of just went silent, more or less, for the rest of the series. Um, we don't need to sit here and recap each individual game, but I think the biggest thing that kind of swung the series was uh, our boy, Craig Kimbrell. Yeah. I uh, was getting Brad Lidge 2009 vibes. Not so much from Game 3, but Game 4. It was just classic, like, 2009 Brad Lidge, just left him in the, or called on him when you shouldn't have if you're topper the same way Charlie called on Lidge in 09 against the Yankees with his 7 ERA at the time and uh yeah the day after Kimbrel blew a save in the ninth inning gave up a walk-off hit called on him in, in what the, was it the 7th or the 8th I don't even remember uh, I'm not sure it was some sort of late inning situation that you probably shouldn't have had him in high leverage and uh came back to bite us just sucked and Fortunately for us, I don't think K uh, Craig Kimbrell is coming back. No, I think that's going to stay as a one-year deal. Uh, yeah, I mean, 
it's hard. I'd be trying to like think of like who like who's like the most to blame for it. And I was like, uh, I don't know if it's Kimbrel, but then it's also Topper's fault for trusting to put put him in there. And he also didn't do anything with the lineup, which like is not really as big of a deal. Um, but yeah, I mean, just having that much loyalty in a guy who's clearly been struggling like the whole second half of the season, trusting him to get it done in a big spot there is just like a little, little unforgivable. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Yeah. I also think we went to Kirkering probably a little too much too. Like, I understand that he's a rookie phenom. Let me, yeah, I mean, I was I was okay with them putting him in the first time they did, where right. he ends up kind of blowing it and get because it's like, you know, you kind of have to take the training wheels off at some point and like test him out and see like, is this a guy that we can actually like? We know he has good stuff, but like, can we actually trust this guy to pitch in these like kind of like big high leverage? playoff situations or is he not ready for it yet and we found out that he's not ready for it yet but i think like that was something that you had to find out because if he did do well then all of a sudden you have like another like big arm in your bullpen that you can rely on that's like huge going into uh you know later in the series and potentially in a world series but then the you know i don't know go back to him again i mean i guess the the next time they threw him in here i feel like that was kind of just throwing in the the towel and wanting to save your other guys but yeah, it's not as egregious. I think after a certain point, you probably should have just figured he can't pitch in these situations. I'm not nearly as upset about that as Kimbrell. Just yeah, everything about him just so deliberate to the plate. Like once he walks a guy or like lets a guy on, guy's on third base. Yeah, and then like when that curveball, that knuckle curve, isn't really down in the zone, it just floats. It's so easy to hit. That's what the they hit out in game four was a knuckle curve. Um, so yeah, Craig Kimbrell, man, you're a Hall of Fame type closer, but, uh, did not do us any favors. I did think it was funny when he came in, in game five or no game six, that was the game that was at home and he got booed. Oh yeah. I thought that was appropriate, but, uh, I mean, yeah, what are you going to do? So yeah, I think that was really in a series swung was him blowing those two saves. But even after that, the Phillies come back, they win game five. Yeah, and you're, like, feeling great at that point because it's, like, we, uh, yeah, we're one away, got two at home, haven't lost a game at home all postseason. And, uh, yeah, they just have two two consecutive stinkers at home. The bats just completely fell asleep. Um, and I was, like, kind of one thing, like, in the back of my mind that I was, like, worried about because it was, like, as well as we were hitting in, like, the NLDS and to open this series, it's, like, baseball is streaky like at some point someone's gonna like you know kind of fall off or whatever and like you know first one to go is castellanos he gets uh you know leads off the series with a home run doesn't get another hit the whole time that's awful so at that point it's like okay well castellanos is going through a little bit of a slump whatever we can as long as like you know harper and schwarber and trey or some of those guys are hitting then it's fine we can cover up for that but they all just just yeah. fell asleep at the same time, which is just brutal. I mean, I think what was it? I think between uh, Harper, Schwarber, uh, Trey, and Castellanos, the six and seven, they had like like one hit between the four of them, or something crazy like that. They were like one for twenty eight. Yeah, between six and seven. Yeah, it's just absolutely brutal. I mean, like, cause even though, like that, that game last night. Uh, you know, going into it, it was like, I like have all the reason to think that we like should win this game, but like, I'm definitely not feeling good about it. Mm-hmm. And then, but it's like, you're, like watching that game, it's just like, and it's like bad as it was going, uh, there were just so many moments where it's like, if someone just comes up with a big hit here, we'll be talking about this game for the rest of our lives. Right. You know, like, uh, Johan Rojas comes up with the base load and like, obviously like he's not a good hitter, but it was just like, part of me is just like, Come on, man! Dude, like, yeah, just please. come this through is your here. Moment, right. Yeah, like if you, like if you, like I, you know, I'm just thinking of like if he could have just gotten like a double down the line and cleared the bases, uh, you know, I would have been listening to like the Fransky call that all day the next day, right? Um, and then Harper comes up consecutive at bats with f- first time had the tying run was it the tying run the second time he's the go ahead run gets a good pitch to hit both times and like just misses it both times it's a uh. 
you know, just flies out to the outfield. Um, so yeah, just like so many, uh, missed opportunities to have like a you know like a fucking legendary moment like we had last year in the nlcs and just like could not get it done it was just like excruciating to watch yeah i think the phillies certainly weren't out talented obviously the phillies were the more talented team in this series it's why we were feeling so good after two games um what it was was they were outplayed certainly um they were also kind of outmanaged i feel like obviously we talked about toppers sticking with kimbrell a lot more than he should have, a lot longer than he should have. But, uh, I mean, Arizona made some lineup changes when they needed to. They were a little more aggressive with pulling their their starters a lot of the times throughout the series. And, uh, yeah, as far as just a game plan, you could tell kind of after game two when the Phillies teed off for, like, whatever, five or six home runs, that Arizona saw, like, yeah, these guys are just swinging everything. They're swinging for the fences. The Phillies weren't really walking a whole lot in those games. That's why... So, I mean, those home runs were solo home runs. Yeah. They were just chasing, chasing, chasing. And, like, I, yeah, and, I mean, I guess it was kind of a okay strategy to have against Gallon and um, Kelly because it's, like, a lot of times that's, like, a good way to handle, like, ace pitchers like that. Like, if you know, you know a guy wants to get out ahead, so it's, like, you just try to, like, ambush him. And it's, like, it's a risky strategy, obviously, because mm-hmm. you could be, you know, getting quick outs. But, I mean, I remember that's what – Seemed like back when like we had uh, Roy Halladay, whenever he had a bad game, it was because he was just getting ambushed and guys were just swinging like right. Udlow's trying to get like that first pitch, uh, get me over strike. Um, but like yeah, at some point you got to adjust and be like, yeah, this is not. We're just like getting ourselves out here. And I mean, the, by the end of the series, it seemed like Trey Turner. I mean, Trey Turner, like holy just shit, awful. Just looked like you know first half Trey Turner like all over again. And it just you just got the sense that he was every at bat was just guessing that he was going to get a first pitch fastball and just was wrong every time. Um, yeah. Yeah, and Castellanos, you had mentioned him, had that first home run. Then after that, just went over. We just saw him revert to uh, his, his old ways as of last yeah, year. Yeah, looked exactly like he did last year. Just any breaking ball down and away could be a foot off the plate. He's going to swing. And then as a result, when he does get a fastball, he's just not expecting it or he's out of position because he's thinking it's going to be down and away. And, uh, yeah, I think Arizona had a better game plan, just plain and simple. The Phillies came home, should have been feeling good. They certainly had home field advantage. The crowd was behind them until the very last out in Game 7, until the eighth inning in Game 6. But uh, it doesn't matter if you just get out executed and your star players don't perform up to their standard. So, yeah, this sucks. Um, I don't really have anything else to say about yeah. the series. Where really. do you, like, put this on, uh, like, all-time Philadelphia losses? Like, So, I don't have it. It's not, It doesn't make my top five as crazy as this sounds. I'll give you my top five. This is actually this. I would put this loss at six. It very much reminds me of the 2010 NLCS versus the yeah, Giants. Yeah, it yeah, clearly felt that way. Um, so I have that as five. The that Giants team was similar to this Diamondbacks team. Kind yeah, of, a, it was a, like we were definitely the better team, and yeah, just got outperformed. Uh, number four, I have the 2003 NFC Championship game. The Eagles lost to the Panthers. They were heavily favored. The, I certainly wasn't gambling. I was like 13 years old. Sports betting was illegal back then, but I feel like the line was, I could probably go back and look at the line. I feel like, I remember hearing the line on that game when Eagles were like an eight and a half point favorite. So that's number four. Number three, I have the infamous Atlanta Hawks series in 2021, losing game seven. Um, Reason for that is just another series where a Philadelphia team was heavily favored. They had to fight to force a Game 7 back home. You're coming into Game 7, you're excited, you're feeling good. Joel Embiid just turns the ball over late. Of course, Ben Simmons disappears as the infamous pass. Um, Number two, these two are kind of close, number two and number one. Number two, I have the 2011 NLDS loss to the Cardinals. Um, That was the end of a, a dynasty. Yeah, the, the Phillies didn't make the playoffs again after that until last year. And I'll, the the two lasting memories I have of that, um, 
One was Roy Halladay pitched his ass off. That was really his last really good game. Yeah. If you think about like the next year he came back, he was never the same. He pitched through a shoulder injury in that game, if you remember. And uh, the next year he came back, he was just not himself. The year after that, he was really bad. And then, of course, Ryan Howard just... Yeah, that was like the symbolic moment. Like that was like yeah. just that was like poetic. Like this is the end of this run. <laughs> like just, right? Yeah, like at the Cardinals celebrating on the mound while Ryan Howard is sitting on the first base line with his Achilles blown out. Yeah, so that was a close number two. You could flip flop these depending on my mood. Number one, uh, any Eagles, a longtime Eagles fan, remembers the two thousand two NFC Championship game loss against the Bucks. You're feeling good coming into that one. It was brutally cold that day at the vet. It was the last game at the vet. Right, right. And uh, the 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 Bucks were a warm weather team traveling to cold weather, which no one really expected them to win. The Eagles start that game off good, get a good punt return, score a touchdown. And then uh, Joe Juravicious, wide receiver who was pretty mediocre throughout his career, has a huge kickoff return. They score. We're driving. McNabb throws a pick six to Rondé Barber late. Rondé Barber runs it back, and that was that. Of course, the Eagles did make the Super Bowl again a couple years later. It was just that sucked because they were such heavy favorites. It was the last game at the vet, and uh, you really thought that team was going to go somewhere. So in my hierarchy, game seven comes in at number six, but let's be honest, all six of these losses suck. Yeah, it could pretty much jumble them around however you want they're all like pretty fucking bad yeah what about you yeah i don't i I don't know exactly where i'd rank it but like for me like what makes this more brutal than just like the black and white facts of it is just that um just just like the fact that this team had like almost these like we had kind of like as fans i feel like had like assigned this team these almost like like mythological like qualities to them like like you know like the fact that like Bryce Harper is like this transcendent athlete that like comes up clutch all the time that we like that the fans like fix Trey Turner with like the standing ovation thing yeah. uh just like the whole like locker room vibes how like this was just like such a fun group um just like the idea that like Citizens Bank Park is this like impenetrable fortress yeah. that like is just like there's no way we can lose there and, like, the way that that last game went, it's just, like, all of those things just, like, evaporated. And, like, as much as, you know, like, you don't want to, like, really put too much stock in all these, like, sort of, like, intangible stuff. But it is hard to, like, um, you know, after that game, it's hard not to feel like the whole, like, identity of the team was kind of just, like, blown up and, like, exposed, yeah. you know? Yeah, I mean, it, it'll be much harder to gain trust or to really build trust in that team after after what happened. Like you said, just any sort of myth that we felt like could not be debunked was very easy. Or not, I shouldn't say easily, but by the end of the series, every every one of them was debunked. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, I mean, at the end of the day, here we are going into another offseason in Philadelphia for another losing team. Um uh, I do. I do want to ask you, what do you think about Nola and Reese Hoskins coming back? I feel like Nola might have earned himself a contract with yeah, us. Yeah, I said mean, it even even with that game six, I mean, obviously he has that one rough inning. He gives with a couple of home runs. Didn't have his best stuff in that game, clearly. But like, uh, you know, he was great up until then. Obviously, had like kind of a rough regular season. Sort of figured some things out. I think like. He had some issues with the pitch clock, and it took him maybe longer than it should have to figure it out. But mm-hmm. when he finally did, he was starting to pitch really well. I mean, I personally, I would take him back. Um, and, you know, it's obviously like it's baseball. There's no salary cap, and it's not my money. So it's like exactly. as long as it's not preventing them from doing other things that they should be doing, like, yeah, fuck it. Like, I'll I'll take him if, even if he ends up being like the fourth starter. Like, yeah, sure. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, I mean, like, you know, as he's – gotten a lot of grief this year and a lot of it's earned but at the end of the day like i still believe in the player i still believe in the talent and like yeah i would take him back for sure i mean i think if we don't i think he you know he's gonna be very highly sought after if 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 we don't i mean i think there's probably 
no, no one lower on him right now than Philly's fans. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, um, yeah. And then Varese, I mean, yeah, why not? I mean, I guess it kind of becomes like, how do you fit all those guys That's in there? The thing. Yeah. Like, you don't want to, I don't want to have, uh, you know, Schwarber back in left field or, you know, I mean, there might just be like a, something where they have to just like rotate it around every game and, um, you know, just switch, just switch up who's between, I guess, between like Harper, Schwarber, Hoskins, just like switch who's going to be the DH each time and who's going to be in left and, or, and first base or however they want to figure it out. But yeah, I mean, it would be, it would seem like pretty, like, uh, pretty tragic if uh reese you know if the last time we ever saw him in philly's uniform was him tearing his acl in spring training yeah. like, you know um yeah and it's like you're you know uh you're obviously going to get him for a lot less than you probably would have if he had played this season so like it might it might end up being like a you know potentially like a low risk high reward type of thing yeah, yeah, I could kind of see Reese being like a one-year prove-it deal. Mm-hmm. I mean, he's got to prove that he's still a, a contributor on a major league team. I think on this team, a healthy Reese, particularly in Game 6 and Game 7 when they were swinging at everything, would have made a difference because he's always been really patient at the plate and could really kind of change the complexion of a lineup by just by his ability to work in at bat and get on base. So yeah, I think this team could use him back. It's just, like you said, I don't know how they make it work, but... It's not going to cost them much to do it. And then for Nola, I think he's earned a contract with the Phillies. Um, like you said, it's not our money, which, yo, have you seen this shit on Twitter? Like Diamondbacks fans saying like, yeah, it's a shame the Phillies high payroll. The Phillies owner spent all this money and he can't win. It's like our owner doesn't spend shit. And it's like, that's, that's nothing not something to, to be brag about. Of. Yeah. Yeah. We got like, we, yeah, like, we, we overcame our cheap owner to, to get this far like that's uh yeah that's not really something you want to yeah ask oakland a's fans how that ends up exactly (laughs) yeah it's like when when your team leaves your city yeah you'll be really happy to have a cheap owner but yeah just i don't know that's the one thing i like about middleton is he's a rich bastard and like generally i don't really care for rich people very much but he spends his money on making a team and making a city proud making us fans happy and giving us something to give a damn about but yeah back to uh nola yeah bring him back for the right deal i don't want it to be like super long term like you see these pitchers sign like seven and eight year deals yeah that's probably a little long for someone that's thrown as many innings as he has in his 30 but uh i also feel like nola's the kind of guy that would i don't, I don't know i don't know shit about Aaron nola he's the kind of guy i feel like would probably be willing to take a hometown discount to stay somewhere he's comfortable. But what do I know? I mean, Aaron Nola, you and I are not friends, so don't. <laughs> hopefully you let my, what I'm saying influence your decision, but I don't expect you to. Yeah, I guess we'll see. That uh, just about wrap up baseball. Yeah, I, I don't for now. plan on watching the damn World Series. Yeah, I have no interest at all. I mean... I don't, and I don't even have any, like, I'm not even, like, really salty about the Diamondbacks. I just, I don't care about the Diamondbacks. It's not like, like, if it was the Braves that had beat us, I would have been, like, pretty, like, uh, you know, annoyed at how uh, happy their fans are and stuff. Um, But it's like, yeah, I don't, who, like, I don't, I don't care about the Diamondbacks. If they win the World Series, cool, uh, you know, good for them. But I don't really care about them. I don't care about the Rangers. Just, no feelings towards either of those teams. Yeah, I will say if it was the Astros and the Diamondbacks, I'd probably root for the Diamondbacks. Yeah, probably. Yeah, I would, you'd have to. And I uh, guess the one thing I'll be paying attention to is the first stolen base. You got to get that free taco from oh, Taco yeah. Bell. Do you have the Taco Bell app? You need the app now. Oh, I thought to get that. Yeah, yeah, I got the app. So uh, this is like the one time a year I usually use the app <laughs> yeah. to get my free taco. And uh you do get rewards points, and I've used them a couple of times, but this is really the one time of the year that I use the app is to make sure I get my free taco. So, uh, yeah, and there's bigger bases. There should be lots of lots of free tacos this year. Well, they Diamondbacks are running on our ass. They only give the free taco for the first stolen base. It would oh, be like cool. Big, is it 
of just like the series? Of the whole series, yeah. So there's only one, yeah. the whole series? It'd be cool if That's they would do it ridiculous. for each stolen like base. At least, at least like, each game. Yeah, the first stolen base in each game. Like, these Taco tacos. Bell, they don't want to give up out a max of seven tacos. These tacos don't cost them shit. I know. Man. And think about, the like... Meat, the meat's banned in Europe. <laughs> like, <laughs> come on. But, uh, yeah, at any rate, I'll, I'll pay attention to the World Series just to get my free taco. But after that, I couldn't care less. We'll see you in spring training baseball. Yeah. I guess we could touch on the the fly guys real quick. Yeah. I actually I haven't uh had too much time to actually sit down and watch him with uh the uh, MLB playoffs going on. But from the little I've been able to see, they look uh they're you know interesting kind of like we kind of like what we thought they'd be. Uh, maybe even a little better. Like they're not great, but they're interesting. They're kind of fun to watch. I think some of those um some of those younger guys now that they've had a full year under torts kind of know the system better. Um you know, they seem organized. They can actually, like, sustain some possession. Um, yeah, I mean, I guess the one thing about this team that, that strikes me is, like, there's no one – There's a, they obviously don't have the high-end talent to really be a contender, like, far from it. Mm-hmm. But there's no one on this team that I'm, like, I fucking hate this guy. Like, there's no, like – there's no and, one – Yeah. There's not, like, an Andrew McDonald. Exactly. <laughs> there's not, like, anyone where, like, as soon as I see, like, his name come to the lineup, I'm just like, why do they keep putting this guy in? Like, you know, even, like, some of the guys who, like, are not as good. Like, obviously, I think it was stupid to sign Nick Delorier to four-year deal or whatever. Yeah. But it's like, I don't, like, really, like – he doesn't, like, piss me off watching him. He's not, like, terrible. He does he does what he does. R- um, R- Rista Linen was kind of in that category for me until a little bit, yeah, yeah. Until last year, and he he's hurt right now, so we haven't really had to watch him at all anyway. But also, he kind of serves a purpose on this team because most of their defensemen are young and are unproven. At least he's a vet that can can hit some guys and can kind of move the puck. I guess he's he's by no means like a kill McCarr or anything, but he can he can do something defensively. Yeah. But, yeah, I mean, I got a few things written down here, small sample size and all that, but so far, the Flyers 3-2-1, and one, plus two goal differential. Yeah, I'm not surprised that they lost to, to the Stars, right? Yeah. That's, a, that's a, a Stanley Cup contender. The Golden Knights, the, the world champs, not surprised they lost to them either. Yeah. But they were playing them. I mean, they were... They've held their own the in those period, games. Yeah. yeah. Like I didn't watch that game last night. I kind of one just... of the goals that they scored. I just saw like a little bit like a highlight that was going on on Twitter. And, like one of the uh, one of the goals the Golden Knights scored. I forget who it was, but it was like a fucking insane goal. So it was like, yeah, can't do much about that. Yeah, that's just a really talented team. Um, I was listening to uh, the PHLY Flyers podcast. Shout out Broad Street Hockey. If uh, they, y'all don't listen to us, Charlie, we'll make you listen to us someday. <laughs> but uh. Anyway, and they had brought up, I think it was Bill had brought up the point that Vegas literally returned every player from last year's championship team, I'm pretty sure. Or it's something crazy like that, like everyone that etched their name on the Stanley Cup is back. Yeah. Which is wild, so like, that's a team that won the Stanley Cup, they're 7-0. and The Flyers were lucky to be, or I shouldn't even say lucky, the Flyers earned the like right to hang around with them, they played hard. But yeah, they weren't going to win that game. I would have been shocked. Yeah, but I, and they but they did beat the the Oilers. Which yeah, I don't know that they may have already played that game last time we recorded. I don't know if we talked about. Yeah, I think that was last Thursday. Yeah, but that's like a they're that's a team with uh you know two of the best players you know cup yeah. contention uh you know aspirations or whatever. They kept Connor McDavid in check pretty well. That you know Couturier was on him all game. Um, so that's solid. Turn you know that's a team you would expect us to like give up like five goals to or something. They held them to like I think it was a score that game like four to one or something. Yeah, um, yeah. So some good signs. Like I mean, I guess the one the one concern is are they too good? Yeah. <laughs> like is this too early to you know? See, man. Like I'm of two minds with that because obviously we would love for them to to lose and get a top five pick again, but. At the same time, shout out Doc Rivers. He said this about the Sixers in uh, that famous or infamous Sim- Bill Simmons interview. He said that the Sixers had developed a culture of losing because mm-hmm. of the whole tanking thing, which 
not to be a hashtag culture guy, I feel like that is who I am on this podcast, but yeah, you do want to kind of develop some winning habits and develop somewhat of a winning culture. You don't want to win too much and make the playoffs, but I mean, if they end up with like a top 10 pick, like if they end up with a bottom 10 record, but show some signs of improvement and growth, I think it kind of changes the narrative on the team a little bit where it's not so much, oh, they're tanking. It's just they're ahead of schedule and now they can start to rebuild a little more aggressively. Hopefully they do it the right way, but yeah. Yeah. And you you figure like, you know, they might not get like another like top, maybe they don't get another top five draft pick, but they do still, you know, they have Cutter Gauthier coming up. He's who he's looked awesome so far. And at, uh, at, uh, Boston college, um, I guess he'll probably, you know, be there another year. I I assume he'll, he'll go pro, uh, next year mm-hmm. and then a couple years later we got mishkov coming so we got like some guys um yeah i do feel i feel like they just need like one more like big like either like a top five prospect or you know maybe gets to the point where they have enough that they can like just you know if you have all these guys on like rookie deals and stuff they can like sign a big guy in free agency or something but i mean that'll be two three years down the road yeah, yeah, maybe uh, Johnny Goudreau or the whoever else <laughs> right. is a local talent that wants to come home. We won't look a gift horse in the mouth, the mouth this time. We'll actually bring him back. But, yeah, I mean, some of this seems sustainable. Some of it doesn't. Um, Carter Hart, uh, this is, I think, that yeah, this is as of today. So this includes last night. He's seventh in save percentage at 92%. Pat, if you're listening, I know you probably hate to hear that right now, but uh, your boy's thriving. Um, they're seventh in shots per game. And fourth, they've allowed the fourth fewest shots. Yeah. Like, their defense has actually been performing what, better than I expected thus far. Um, the PK, they're 11th in PK percentage, but they also lead the league with four shorthanded goals already. Yeah, that's pretty wild. wild. Like, I don't know if the Flyers had four shorthanded goals all last season. And uh, the one thing that you would hope kind of regresses to the mean in a positive way or regresses to uh, expectation, we'll just leave it at that. Progresses. Progresses, yeah. (laughs) Progresses is their power play percentage. Yeah, yeah, their power play is really bad. Yeah. But that seems unsustainable, even though, like, they don't really have the stars to ever a really high-end power play. 5% 5% is horrible. And, uh, I mean, the PK, I don't expect them to score a shorthanded goal every other game, but what I've seen, an 11th in PK percentage seems like it's something they should be able to maintain. Yeah. And, like, even though, I mean, I'm sure they're not going to, like you said, they're not going to score, like, keep up with that pace of, like, shorthanded goals, but at least that tells you that, like, they're aggressive on the PK, mm-hmm. which you like. So, you know. If the process is there, they should be able to at least maintain the process. Yeah, so um, I'm excited for this Flyer season, especially now that Red October is, is said and done. Yeah. Can pay a little more attention to the Flyers, see how they look, see how the young players develop. Um, I would not be at all surprised if they have a really long losing streak, just because that's how things go around these parts in the winter. But Yeah, it's probably coming. It'd be fun to see them sort of maintain a steady pace without going on one of those long, just draining losing streaks. But the good news is if they do that, then that improves their draft pick position. Yeah, he went either way. So, uh, yeah, that's all I got on them. Um, I guess we can get to more bad vibes in the Sixers. Yeah, yeah return to bad vibes. So, uh, uh, yeah, I mean... You got we- some more Harden news, or... Not really news. Well, I guess he, yeah, so he's back to practice. Well, so here's the situation. Sort of, maybe. So, Sham Sharania, everyone knows him, NBA news guy for the Athletic and whoever else stadium. He tweeted this this morning. James Harden returned to Philadelphia on Tuesday night with his bags packed to join team on the road for Thursday versus Bucks and Saturday versus Raptors. But the 76ers have now asked him not to travel with the team, sources said. Um, what coincides with this was uh, Woj, Adrian Wojnarowski, another NBA news guy for ESPN, said today on um, whatever NBA countdown before tonight's game 
that the Clippers have said that, yeah, now that the season started, we've decided to halt trade talks. They've been halted for a while, but I guess this is an official announcement. So, yeah, our boy Harden actually realizes, yeah, I have to play for the team. Yeah. And they sent him home. What do you make of that? Uh, I mean... I mean, do you think that the sent them like wanting them to stay home is more of like they want them to get like it's like a conditioning thing, or like they or that they just really just don't even want to have them sitting courtside for these games? Like, I think it's a vibes thing. Yeah, but it's like, I mean, you can't just keep like away from the team forever if he's on the roster, right? If he's not injured, like how do they? I don't know how they keep up. Uh, That's true. Yeah, I don't know. Like, I, it would just be funny to see if they just keep up coming with more and more creative ways to get them to, like, not uh, show up to things. <laughs> I'm trying to think of a good one right now. Just be like, oh, there's actually, uh, there's, uh, the the roof came off the Wells Fargo Center and they got to do repairs, <laughs> so all the games are delayed. Oh, man, could you imagine? It actually happened to the Spectrum back in the day. Or, uh, it'll be the wet floor thing, you remember yeah, that? Yeah, the wet floor yeah, the wet floor, they'll use that as an excuse. Um, it snowed. Yeah. No one the can get to the stadium. The whole team has COVID. Um, yeah. I'm trying to think of like... Yeah, they could definitely... They, they have to get creative. But yeah, I mean, I think it is a vibes thing. I think for the most part, what you've heard, or what I've heard anyway, about the team thus far throughout preseason, like training camp, is that everyone's kind of getting along, everyone's shitting on Doc, which I feel like is helping everyone get along. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, the, the team's playing upbeat. They really bought into Nick Nurse's system. They're really excited to start the season. And they probably don't want him around as a distraction. I get it. Yeah, yeah. I guess at least, like, you know, I could at least see that, like, to start the year, you know, at, like, at some point he's, he's going to have to be around. But I can understand them, like, First couple games, like, let's get this shit figured out. Like, you know, you want to see, like, you know, how they're playing, what this all looks like without all that, like, baggage. And then, you know, slowly, <laughs> slowly ease the bad vibes back into the picture. Yeah, I mean, trying to ease those bad vibes back into the picture is like trying to ease... I don't know, a bunch of turds into a sea of just pristine, clean water. It's just not going to be pretty at all. <laughs> um, I guess speaking of bad vibes being eased back into the picture, the Sixers' home opener is Sunday night. How badly do you think he gets booed if he plays in that game? Oof. Is is it... I was at Jimmy Butler's first game back, and that was pretty bad. Um... I still think Ben Simmons' first game back was probably worse, but Ben Simmons' first game back also felt like could have been worse than it was. Yeah, well, like he wasn't playing. Are you talking about the first his game first when he was actual when he was actually he played, playing? Yeah, when he made a couple free throws and did the Jordan shoulder shrug, like he was cool. Oh uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I feel like that by that point. Well, yeah, because I feel like we kind of missed the opportunity to get the big like Ben Simmons booing game because like the first time he came back, he wasn't playing, and then. By the time he did come back and was playing, I feel like people were kind of just over it. Yeah. And not as, like, you know, didn't really care as much. Yeah, I feel like Harden gets booed pretty good. Um, yeah, people definitely do not like him right now. Yeah, <laughs> yeah this is just everything about this season, man. It's just going to be so wild. Um, as we said last week, you could write a second book just about the Sixers from 2020 to 2023. It just... None of it makes any sense. Um, I'll save my Josh Harris rant for yet another day, but it is coming. It's been brewing. But essentially, his ownership has kind of just left them in the middle of nowhere in the wilderness. They're back in NBA purgatory, which is where they were when the process started. Yeah. And I think that tomorrow, looked at the line, Bucks minus five and a half. I could see... I could see the Sixers covering just because Milwaukee's going to have some stuff to figure out. I could also see them getting blown out. Yeah, I think both of those are very much on the table. Just hopefully the good vibes can carry them, but we'll see. Yeah, I'm interested to see what... Uh, I, mean, I haven't watched any like preseason. I don't know if like 
Giannis and Dame have really played that much preseason or whatever, or what that looks like. But I guess I'll be interested to see how the Sixers stack up against that whole thing. Yeah. Well, tomorrow, Red October ends, and it's the perfectly opportune time for us to, to, to go from drinking because of anxiety about the Phillies to drinking out of depression because of the Sixers. <laughs> yeah. the, the vibes go from good to, to just downright shitty, and here we are. Yeah. Well, speaking of uh, Josh Harris's bad teams, <laughs> uh, we do play the Commanders next week. Yep. Birds. Great game against the Dolphins. Uh, I mean, that had to have been their best game of the year, especially just considering the the. Um, I mean, the game against the Rams was like a really nice, complete performance. But considering the competition, I think the game against the Dolphins was even better. Uh, you know, they're rocking the Kelly Greens. Hell yeah, they look. A lot so of people nice had them to TV. lose this game. America had them to lose this game. I had them to lose this game. Um, but you know, at the end of the day, it's like, how are they going to lose with the Kelly Greens? Had to win. Yeah. Um... I think when we had the podcast last week, I said that one of the paths to them winning was dominating the line of scrimmage, and we saw that. I mean, yeah. the defensive line, man, these guys are monsters. Jalen Carter, he did not get a sack. Pat was saying by the time he came back, Jalen Carter would have already achieved five sacks, and I know him a bottle of whiskey. Still stuck on three and a half, so I love to see another day. Or, well, I'll live to see another day, but I don't have to buy Pat a bottle of whiskey yet. Um, but Jalen Carter, Josh Sweat had a big game. Yeah, Hassan Reddick, he's been great all year, Josh Sweat. Yeah, Hassan Reddick on those run plays, those crack toss plays where they toss it and the running back tries to get around the edge. He just predicted them every time. Dude. Yeah. He's in the backfield in the blink of an eye. Yeah, I mean, I noticed, like, you know, Miami does a lot of, like, you know, pre-snap motion and stuff, but it yeah. seems like they just weren't biting on it. Like, where they were just ready for it every time. Um. Yeah, I was I was like pretty shocked how how uh, efficiently they like stifled their offense. I was I wasn't expecting it. I mean, it's hard to expect it when we were so used to Jonathan Gannon in the last. Couple yeah, of years. I guess. Yeah, yeah. But uh, yeah, Sean decides the real deal. I was thinking, I wasn't thinking this Sunday night, but this is something that came to me after the fact. But he might be our best defensive coordinator for, since Jim Johnson. Yeah, I mean, considering, like, I mean, you know, he's got that lot, lot of talent in the uh, defensive line, obviously, but, like, the secondary's been just, like, a revolving door all year. He's had, like, you know, I don't know, like, I feel like it's a different lineup out there every week almost, and uh, and they've held up. I mean, they were able to keep Tyreek Hill in check if he gets, like, the one touchdown, but, I mean, that's, I'll take, you know, you'll take that against him. Right. Um. Yeah, they weren't really giving up any kind of real explosive plays. Um, yeah, they were able to, con- you know, contain their guys pretty effectively, even with, um, you know, I mean, Eli Ricks had a fucking good game. Yeah. Um, yeah, this yeah. is pretty, pretty impressive what he's been able to do with, with the, what he has. Yeah. I think that's the, the, the most notable thing about him is he adapts his coverages and play calling based on the opposing offense, which we never saw from Johnny Gans. Right. Johnny Gans would just line up in zone and just hope nothing bad happened, but <laughs> something bad would always happen. And uh, Jim Schwartz, like Jim Schwartz, he was a decent D coordinator, but most of what he would do would just be to tell his guys to just get after the quarterback. Like he never did really anything intricate with his coverages. With his, he was, a, I think if I remember correctly, he played a lot of man. Mm-hmm. What Sean Desai's done is the Eagles play a lot of man, but on Sunday, they played like 90% zone. They played a lot of cover two, which is kind of just your base, two high safeties, three spread linebackers, and your corners play the flats. And the Eagles don't really like play a lot of cover two. He saw it as the best way to really stop that passing game, and it worked. So like he actually studies the opposing offense and also knows his defensive personnel to know what works and what won't in certain situations, which is just so refreshing. After just mayonnaise ass, boring ass Jonathan Gannon. Yeah. What else we got here? Oh, I guess speaking of the secondary, 
Kevin Byard, right? Is it's Kevin, right? I keep wanting yeah, to say Yeah, Kevin Byard. Philly guy. Yeah, Kevin Byard. Eagles trade for him. Uh what was it? The fourth and a fifth round pick? I think it was a fifth and a sixth. A fifth and a sixth and, and Terrell, Terrell Edmonds. Edmonds. Terrell Edmonds, who was at that Phillies I game. I know. He like his his got got his moment in the sun with all of the, the fans and then he's he's shipped off in a, <laughs> days later. Yeah, he's gone to Tennessee. They don't even have a baseball team. That sucks for him. Yeah. Uh, maybe we'll see him at the Nashville's Predators game. Yeah, that'd be cool. Uh, but yeah, anyway, that was a good move to, uh, to get a veteran safety in there. Reed Blankenship's been kind of banged up and Terrell Edmonds wasn't great. So to trade him for someone that's decidedly better and is from here, that's what's up, dude. Yeah. I saw there was a, um, um, you saw there was this there was this clip that was going around of an interview with him from like I guess this is probably from a few years ago, um, and he was they were asking about how like the fact that like he's from Philly and this and that, and they were talking about how when the um, the Eagles came to Tennessee to play them, I forget when this was, but they had like he had like a bunch of his family come in. They're from Philly, and he said like yeah, he was like. The only person that was wearing my jersey was my dad. Everyone else was wearing their Eagles <laughs> shit in like the family section, and they were just like talking shit with everybody, and just rooting for the Eagles the whole time. I was like, "Hell yeah, dude! I hope they're they're gonna be coming to some games now." That's how you know they're from here. They don't care what team he's <laughs> yeah. on. They still represent the birds, man. Yeah, like sorry, kid. That's dope. But yeah, I mean, he's an All Pro talent. He. uh think he has the third most interceptions in the league since he came into the league um he kind of reminds me of Malcolm Jenkins he's very durable has not missed a game plays almost every snap of every game uh as a veteran leader uh, apparently he's a big like locker room presence like everyone that like, everyone that's played on his team yeah really enjoys him which uh, is good too is considering like how like our you know our secondary rooms like pretty young like with like you know you'll be good with like Blankenship and the rest of those guys. Yeah, I think, and he's under contract. He's got a player option next year for like fourteen million. I don't think that they they bring him back for that, but he's another one that might realize, yeah, this is my team. I want to stay here. This is my town. This is my mm-hmm. city. I want to retire an Eagle. I'll take a hometown discount for a couple opportunities at a Super Bowl and to stay here. So. Howie, man, just fleecing GMs all over the league. I know, man. Just, just keep going back to Tennessee. Like, who else do they got that we can, we can grab? Um, we don't want Derrick Henry. Yeah, yeah, not not now. Um, I think they signed Jeffrey Simmons, but I would take. Well, our D line's fine. We we don't we probably don't need anyone else from them. Yeah, the Saints. The Saints are another team. He's fleeced a lot. Do the Saints got anything we'd like? Would you, mm. What about Taysom Hill? Would you bring Taysom oh, Hill? Oh, God. I fucking hate Taysom Hill. <laughs> I hate every time. I hate watching the Saints, man. Just all their, like, goofy bullshit they do. It just drives me nuts. Uh, this was the worst. Like, I had, like, um, it was, like, I think it was, like, the last week when they played. I think they had, like, a, they might have had, like, the Thursday night game or something. And it was, like, I had this, like, parlay where I needed Alvin Kamara to get a touchdown. And it's like the oh, Saints have God. the ball like at like the five yard line. I know where this is going. Might have even been closer than that, like the two, something crazy like that. They hand it off to Kamara three times. They can't get it in. And then sure they go for it on fourth down. I'm like, all right, here we go. This time we're gonna punch it in. Sure enough, direct snap to Taysom yep. Hill, and he fucking walks it right yep. in. Just no like it's... just parted the Red Sea for him. He walks right in. I was like, why the fuck can you have done that <laughs> with Kamara? <laughs> It's like, ugh, this fucking guy, this like... He's so annoying. The Swiss Army knife. Ugh. He just looks like an idiot. I just too. like, yeah, it can't like... I don't know. He, he annoys me very much. But yeah, I mean, the Saints are another team Howie's fleeced over the years. Just if I'm a GM, I'm not trading with Howie, man. He's got something up his sleeve every time. I don't know. These football guys, man, they aren't the brightest. They got too much CTE from their playing days, I guess. <laughs> Yeah, so you know, you got you have a guy who, who's never played. But uh, you guys get like a nerd like Howie Roseman. Yeah, yeah, I think Howie's great at his job. He'll be GM here for as long as he wants if he continues to fleece teams like this, and if he can deliver us another Super Bowl and save us from our uh, post NLCS depression that we're currently all in. 
Yeah, all, all about the birds now, pretty much. Um, it's like the union. The union start the playoffs this week, right? Oh, that's true. Yeah, I think they are. You know what? I didn't even add that loss to my list of devastating. Losses. I know that is one. That one sucked. That was pretty. That was extremely brutal. Like that. That like if if the union were like as big as the other four teams, I think that would be considered like just right up there with all those other ones for sure. That was like. I mean, they were like <laughs> like two minutes away from winning that game, and then like they go in the. Going the PKs, we have like the best goalkeeper in the league. Yeah, our uh, you know star striker who like hasn't missed the PK all year. Skies it above the crossbar. Oh my god, that was like incredibly brutal. And the Phillies lost World Series later that night. Yeah, just what a day, a nightmarish year to be a Philly sports fan. So Eagles, please save us. Um. On to Washington. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah. We got Washington. You yeah. had said that earlier. Do we want to hear from, uh, what's his name? Yeah, Jonathan Allen. Jonathan Allen. D, D- lineman for Washington. Yeah. This is after this they is, lost. Uh, yeah, this is some of his thoughts after last week's game. What's the evaluation like after a loss like that? They whooped our ass. Plain and simple. Got to be better. Anything they did that surprised you guys early on? No, I want to say so. I think it's just a lack of focus on our part, a lack of attention to detail, not starting fast, and creating holes that are too big for us to overcome in the second half. Does it get frustrating when that seems... Yes, it does. I'm fucking tired of this shit. <laughs> fucking tired of this bullshit. It's been seven fucking years of the same shit. Tired of this shit. What can you do now going forward to get it turned around? Get our minds right and get ready to play fucking Philadelphia. What's the... Well, good luck, buddy. <laughs> what do you think the interviewer's thinking as he's just going off like that? Do you, like, how do you keep a straight face yeah, when someone just be hard to keep loses a... their shit yeah. like that? I mean, on the one hand, you're probably just like, in the back of your mind, you're like, damn, this is gold. Like, I got a great interview here. This is uh, this is going to go viral or whatever the fuck. But, like, yeah, in the moment, it must be like, kind of like, holy shit. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, the first time I saw it, like, I saw it. This was after they lost to the lowly Giants, 14-7 to on Sunday. I think I saw this Monday morning. I was just like, this is unbelievable. He's just so furious. And just think about it. Like, they've been through so much dysfunction over the course of the last several years. Like, they had the worst owner in professional sports. They play in a dump of a stadium. They've had... I don't even know how many quarterbacks. I don't even know how many head coaches... In his like seven or eight years that he's been there, and they've made the playoffs once in the time he's been there. He's been there like seven or eight years. I can kind of see why he's so upset, but like, I don't know. That's still just hilarious to me. <laughs> yeah. Have you ever, uh, I think I know the answer to this. Have you ever given an interview like that where you're just that straight up? no well like a job interview yeah or any type of interview yeah like uh uh yeah what makes uh what makes you want to uh want to want to work here it's like i'm sick of this bullshit (laughs) my job now i i'm so i'm sick of having no fucking money man (laughs) fucking sucks yeah it's i'm sick of my commute i'm sick of my boss i fucking hate that place i don't feel this way about my job for the record but (laughs) i'm just saying that if I were to give an interview like that, I would probably say something to the effect of what he's saying here. But, uh, yeah, we're on to Washington. Eagles are six and a half point favorites. I was honestly expected the line to be higher. Maybe that's just me. I guess, I mean, it's a division game. Yeah, they're, Obviously, they're, they're, they saw how the last game went. They're the home team. Okay. Home team. Though I feel like they, we usually play better there than we do here. Mm-hmm. I mean, especially just, I mean, Last two seasons, they almost they come very close to beating us this year at home. Last year, they did beat us at home, but then you know, last year we fucking destroyed their ass, and uh, we like that's when we sacked Wentz like six times. Oh or yeah, that was incredible. Yeah, yeah. I guess I guess maybe that was the difference. The difference there more than the home and away thing is that we we got to go against Wentz. That's true. And there, and then Taylor Heineke. Yeah, Sam Howell's all right, man. He, yeah, he's not bad. He kind of carved us up a little bit that mm-hmm. last game. So. He, Maybe that's why Vegas only has us as six and a half point favorites. I was thinking it'd be like Eagles minus nine, but whatever. Um, yo, what about what do you make of Hertz being like kind of banged up? Yeah, the like injury. Um, yeah, I don't know. I mean, it didn't really seem to like affect his play. 
you could definitely see him like walking around a little gingerly between plays and stuff. But um, you know, he was still able to use his legs uh, the other night. He had like that one play where he was like, um, you know, like had that big scramble ends yeah. up getting the ball. I think that was was out to Brown. Yeah, that was a great play. So it's like doesn't seem to be like hindering him. You just hope it's not something that like could potentially get worse or linger around all year. I guess we'll just see. Um, I mean, has there really has there been much indication like what it is exactly? No, not really. He's never been on the injury report, which was he said it didn't happen in that game Sunday. Yeah, which is weird. I mean, because he, yeah, he's never been on the injury report, and he's looked better moving around in games previous to to Sunday's game. I don't know. It's it's hard to know what it is. If, if I had to guess, it's probably just like a knee sprain. Yeah, but who knows? Or I don't even maybe know like what happened. Contusion, or I don't know something. But yeah, I mean, that's a little concerning just because so much of their offense is relying on him running the football. Um, even the tush push. I mean, I don't know. I guess he can still do that pretty effectively. He did it a lot Sunday. Yeah. Dude, speaking of just you know, not to not to make light of injuries, but did you see how uh, Brock Purdy got concussed trying to do? Oh the, no, I didn't. I watched that game. He yeah, got a concussion. He's in the. Yeah, I think it was announced today that he's in the concussion protocol. And then people were going through the film today and noticed that like when they they tried to do like a QB sneak and he's kind of like on top of the pile and someone like jumps in and like. Oh, clocks I remember him. that. Yeah. So that's probably where it happened. And it's like, man, you got, all your other teams got to stop trying to do our thing, man. You guys. You haven't perfected it. Yeah, it's too dangerous. It's like this, uh, you know, it's like when you're seeing those like uh, car commercials where they're doing all this crazy shit flying around and a little disclaimer comes up. It's like, please do not try to do it. Like, <laughs> like yeah, it's when you're watching the Eagles game, it's like all the other teams, like, please do not attempt the tush push yeah, on the, your own. The Giants had two two offensive linemen. Without just Stoutland supervision. Right, wasn't it the Giants? They tried it, and they Giants, had two, uh, two yeah. guys get hurt. And that's what like there. It's like there. Some people that want to ban it are trying to say that like it's a safety issue. It's like, dude, we we know what this is really about. Like, this is not a. I mean, you know, I mean, it's, it, especially the the fact that it ha- happened to the, uh, Brock Purdy. It's like, you know, you're you're telling me that one of Kyle Shanahan's quarterbacks got injured. Are you yeah, kidding me? Big surprise! Can't believe this dude. happened. Yeah, I feel like now that he's got he's injured, the NFL is definitely going to try to outrule it. But yeah, you know, at the same boy. time, like, I mean, that's what happens. When you run up the stairs with scissors, you get hurt. You're unsupervised. You're doing something shouldn't you do shouldn't it. be doing. You're going to get hurt. These other NFL teams trying to run a play that they haven't really practiced that much, that they certainly haven't perfected. They don't have our offensive line or a quarterback that can squat six hundred pounds. Yeah, neither. Uh... Big strong boys. Yeah, they can't handle the heat, man. They got to get their hand out of the cookie jar. That's for damn sure. Wait, no, I didn't mean to say that. If you can't handle the heat, get your hand out of the oven. No, that. No, if you can't handle the. It's. What, what <laughs> I mean, is if it? you can't handle the heat, stay out of the kitchen. I believe is the phrase, oh, right? Well, yeah, about the, the that works. If you <laughs> if you can't handle if you can't handle the heat, get your head out of the oven. <laughs> whatever it is other other nfl teams man y'all gotta stop messing around yeah just leave it alone man come up with your own one yard play that's what i was saying last week it's like everyone's got should have something up their sleeve to get one yard shouldn't be that hard to for a professional football team to get one yard yeah i mean we just with, have one play that we really like and we're good at teams with fullbacks it should be easy that's a much shorter yeah bring off. back some old school shit but uh whatever man um as far as this game for sunday like I said, I thought the line should be Eagles minus nine. I think we cover six and a half easy. Fans are going to travel. Fans are going to be all worked up. Now, they only have one game in town to, to really care yeah, about. Yeah, they're going to have to unleash all the anger from the Phillies. Um, I think the Eagles will look to reduce the quarterback run game a little bit just because Hurts is a little hobbled. Um, I think this is a game where Hurts kind of just chills in the pocket. Jonathan Allen's all pissed. He's probably going to be all mopey and depressed. He's not getting no pass rush. And uh, I think Hurts chills in the pocket, throws three TDs, and we win 29-16 to improve to 7-1 and with uh, the Dallas game that the, the podcast will be at on tap after that. Yeah, that's true. I can't Actually, wait for that one. Yeah, I got to pay Pat for that yet. 
Uh, Pat, how much we it's like we'll we'll <laughs> we'll hit you up in the group chat. Yeah, we don't need to discuss numbers on the pod. <laughs> what do you got for Sunday's game? Um let's see. Let's say uh fucking 30-21 Eagles. Okay. I think I think we cover by a little bit. Okay, cool. Well, uh I guess we'll see what happens. Obviously, the Eagles should win this game, but I mean, this time last week we were saying the Phillies were going to sweep, and uh, that's yeah. the second time we made a Phillies prediction on the pod, and it ended up coming back to bite us in the ass. This one was certainly a little more severe than yeah, the first one. Yes. I mean, what was the other one? When uh, the Trey Turner game, where he committed the errors and we lost, and then the next game he got the standing O. Remember that? We were oh. recording. They were playing the Marlins. Yeah, yeah. And they were up like 6-3, and they oh, lost. Oh, yeah, that's right. We were like saying on the pod, yeah, the Phillies are going to win this game. Then we go upstairs, and they were still playing, and then they ended up losing. losing, yeah, yeah. So that that was the game before the Trey Turner standing O game. Right, yeah. That was, that was like Trey Turner's rock bottom game. Yeah, so... Uh, Maybe we should stop making. We'll see. We should stop making Phillies predictions. I think is the, yeah. the conclusion we've come to. Or he's got to keep predicting them to lose. There we go. Reverse psychology. There we go. Yeah. Well, I think that'll just about do it for us here tonight. Uh, please leave us a five star rating and review wherever you get your podcast. Give us a follow on TikTok, Instagram, Twitter. Subscribe on YouTube. And please send us an email at citywidepod at gmail.com. And for all of us here at the Citywide, good morning, good afternoon, good night. Peace.